0: ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lepco Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lepko and Chris
1: Sims.
0: I have never been more ready for anything in my entire life than this podcast. I need everyone to understand that there is something special about this podcast. This podcast is unlike any other podcast you'll ever hear. is the Sims and Go podcast. The regular season is over. Yes. The playoffs have begun. Let's go. And as people across the nation stay at home and enjoy their Christmas vacations and kids are home from school, we are creating one of the best podcasts out there. This is not a bye week for the Sims and Go podcast. Chris, my friend, you ready for the playoffs? Let's do it, baby. Oh, my gosh. I... I enjoyed the holiday season in Cleveland. And let me tell you something right now. I do not think Cleveland likes Johnny Manziel. Huh. I'm going to put that out there.
1: I met so many people from Cleveland. I think they're sick of it already.
2: They're
0: I,
1: sick of it. I thought you, you – you, we talked about this a little earlier today. I thought you made a good point, and it's sticking out in my head. You talked. You said, hey, what is Cleveland? And you go, yeah, they're a blue-collar, blue-collar. work ethic type. Get Show your up hands dirty. Yeah, get there five minutes early every day of their life. And then they hear these stories about Johnny Manziel. Oh, yeah, it's kind of disrespect to, uh, disrespectful to the, the kind of people they are. You know what Cleveland people do? They go downtown, they look at this
0: building. It, it has a huge nine on it. It might be the nine building. You go, that's where Johnny lives. And it's like right in the middle of town. Huh? Living in this little condo. Some in the skyrise. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Well, hey, it's early. He's young. Yes. We know you were dumb when you were that age. I You're am still, still dumb. dumb. Yes. I am so. still dumb. <laughs>
0: I want to give props to you really quick. You predicted before the season. And a lot of your predictions are coming true. Thanks. Three teams from the AFC North would make it to the playoffs. They have.
1: Thank you. What
0: else did you get right?
1: Uh, I don't know. My NFC wasn't that good because I picked the Giants to win the NFC East, and I picked the Eagles to get in the playoffs, so Oof, that didn't happen. That but, did not
0: help. We won't talk about that.
1: Nobody picked the Cowboys to get in the playoffs. Everybody's NFC got to look pretty weird.
0: I, because this is Bleacher Report, we like answers, and we like them now. Oh, go ahead. Who's the Super Bowl right now? Tell me who's in the Super Bowl I'm right now. I'm going Seattle Seahawks. They're going to beat the New England Patriots. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to beat the New England Patriots, which is a matchup I would just absolutely love to see. Uh, they're the two hottest football teams in Ugh. the game right now. Ugh. And, uh, yeah, that would be there interesting. There is
2: a
0: part of me, though, I only want to see Seattle, New England, if I get to see Seattle, Aaron Rodgers. It's the only way I want it to happen. Right. Because I want to see Aaron Rodgers on that stage. Yes. And I want to see him playing in a really important game. If Aaron Rodgers goes down early, I'm going to be so mad.
1: I would argue... You would be every bit as excited if you saw the Dallas Cowboys up there in the NFC Championship game, too, with Tony Romo, DeMarco Murray. Removing the ghost of Tony Romo's
0: path. If Tony Romo were to take the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl and get there by winning in Seattle, where the origination of Tony Romo being the choke artist began, it began with the fumbled snap, to close the closet door (laughs) and then win the Super Bowl? Yeah. I mean, now we have to start talking about Romo Rodgers. Now you guys talk about Romo, Roethlisberger, and Romo.
1: Oh no. oh no! You mean we're going to have to not talk about Brady, Manning, and Breeze? What are we going to do? Is there still football in
0: the NFL? That is why Chris is a stuck, <laughs> is a stuck vinyl player. Uh-huh. He always comes back to the same things, and I'm going to come back to this point. Guess who won the regular season in picks in the Sims and Leftco podcast?
3: Uh-huh.
1: I'm going to have to imagine it was you, otherwise I don't think you'd bring it up. It all <laughs> exactly.
0: came down. It all came down. To an Eagles Giants game. It did, and I right? took it home, and Mark Sanchez led Adam Lefko to a regular season win, a six week season over Chris Sims. I feel very happy. To celebrate, I will do an institution
1: of the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, first of all, your picking in that game is horrible last week. Oh, I, I really think the Giants are gonna win, but I'll pick the Eagles and uh You know what though? I did a you in all my picks, I picked the Eagles, but for the sake of the podcast, I picked the Giants.
0: You're a good man. Yeah. Thanks for my brother to and my go dad for you. the tickets. Amazing! Yep. <laughs> I have to get Phil Sims a gift. What should I get Phil Sims as a gift?
1: Oh man, what can you give Big Phil? I guess you just I get... feel like he
0: just wants sweater vests, man. And like
1: <laughs> and another CBS blazer? <laughs> oh my god! I feel like he. I feel. Like, I feel like Phil come down. Like there's a draft in here. Let me go grab my CBS. Get him, blazer. Just give him some cash because you know I mean, he's still supporting my sister and man. I she, would like to take your dad. This is
0: gonna sound weird. I th- I say we go out and get a lunch.
1: Sure. Big Phil's always up for
0: eating. You've I'll heard buy, this story. I'll buy. Hey, man, I love food. Phil loves food. Why don't we eat food together?
1: Okay, good. I'll watch and make fun of both of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, like I said, this is a playoff podcast. I want to give it the right sound really quick.
2: Gleam.
0: Let's get the gleam, huh? All right, let's, go. let's get the gleam. <laughs> that is Shady. hilarious. We have a big guest on today's podcast.
1: We really do. Doing us a big favor.
0: Give give the name, because it really helped you, and I'd like to hear you introduce him.
1: Sure. Well, Mr. Peter King from Monday Morning MMQB, is that how they say it? I
0: suppose so. The reason it's so big to me is, like I said, there are no buys in this podcast, and we are coming hard with Peter King in the podcast. We are,
1: and Peter's a great guy, Uh, somebody I've had the luxury of being around. How do you know Um, this guy? Well, he actually uh, lived in New Jersey, in North Jersey, for a long time. Uh, I think now he's back up in the Boston area, where he's from. But uh, I guess when he was Sports Illustrated, main guy, uh, his little girl was going to school in North Jersey. I would see them at, you know, certain recreational events at times. Uh, So he was always around the area. And, of course, he covered the Giants a lot just because when my dad was playing, the Giants were good. Uh, And then he covered me a few times through my years in the NFL. It's a small world, that NFL circle.
0: What's really funny to me is, so the other rule of the podcast is that we each get a curse word. Do you think he's going to use his? No way. You don't think so? No. All right, we're going to find out. (laughs) Are you going to ask him? You are going to officially introduce him. So he's Uh, entering the room right now.
1: Yes. Josh,
0: as people don't realize, our producer Josh goes outside, makes a phone call, comes back, and we're on the podcast.
1: Yes, one of my favorite things is to watch Josh squirm and make these calls to these famous people. (laughs) Uh, So, Chris, please, hold on
0: one second, and you're
1: on. We would like to introduce uh, one of the great sports writers of our time and uh, someone who's been very nice to me through the years uh, Peter King. Peter, thanks so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it.
2: Hey, no problem, Chris. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. We got, uh, so the guy I do these videos with at Bleacher Report, I don't know if you watch us a whole lot. I don't you expect you to, but Adam <laughs> Lefko is the uh, the sure. main host here. With us, just so you know. So there's your formal introduction. Yeah,
0: Peter, this is... All right, uh, Adam, how are you? I'm good. This is Chris's first time introducing a guest, and I think it went pretty well. How did you... What do you think of Chris Sims's <laughs> media chops? What do you think of the kid? He,
2: he stinks. <laughs> I think no, a... I think. I think he is... Uh, I think he's had a really, really good debut year. Oh. All in all, longer than a year, but I think he's doing really well for a guy who... Uh, who wishes he was still under center to be talking about those who are under center. I think he's doing really well.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah. I got to say, I got to give you uh, God, I, I didn't realize I knew Peter King was big time. I guess I didn't realize how much the rest of the country realized he's big <laughs> time because he did the, the MMQB interview with me a few weeks ago. And it's just amazing. The following you have Peter. I'm, I really am. I'm amazed by that. Just all the people that came up to me uh, throughout the years. Uh, but this is what I, this is the first thing I wanted cool. to ask you, with 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 your you know I'm going back to 2005. You came to New England to actually do a little piece on me, and since yep. since we got on here, I just wanted to know is that your usual tactic? Because for the people out there listening, Peter grabbed me as we got I got done shaking Tom Brady's hand, yeah. and then there's Peter King to do my interview with me for Sports Illustrated as sure. I walk into the locker room. Uh, so I want to know what's your method to your madness, and is that something you do with everybody?
2: Jeez, uh, I don't even know. I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, Chris, the only, <clears throat> over the years, um, I think until very, very recently, I refused to use a quote if it was said at a press conference.
3: Ah.
2: Because, because one of the things that I think is that, you know if let's say you're a reader i want a reader who over the years has gotten used to reading me to always know that i mean in 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 almost every situation if i'm writing a story say for si or now for the mmqb i want people to know that that's a one-on-one conversation that i'm having with somebody right um now again i write somewhere between you know eighty five hundred and eleven thousand words every Monday, so all of that certainly is not one on one conversation. Some of it is from press conferences or or whatever. but I think if i if I'm gonna do like either a top to my column or a story in s i or a long thing at the m m q b it'll be something I get from somebody, just me to him and so in that situation, and I don't remember it specifically but I think a lot of times in those situations, if I have an opportunity to get a guy before he has his cooling off period, before he's able to uh, take a shower, relax, and let the emotions of the moment wash away, uh, my preference is always to try to talk to him before then. It isn't always possible, but when I can, I like to do that.
3: Yeah,
0: it makes sense. In that moment... Would you rather get a soundbite from Chris Sims or Phil Sims?
2: <laughs> well, it's it's funny. In those days, cover, I covered the Giants for uh, four years when Phil was playing. And we, even though it wasn't, there wasn't a, uh, uh, you know, a wall between us and the players. I mean, Bill Parcells is pretty restrictive, <laughs> Right you you're not you're not walking off the field with Bill Sims after a game talking to him. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I guarantee you walking off the field talking to him after a game he he'd have been pretty emotional. It would have been it would have been a pretty fun thing to do but you didn't get that opportunity with the old Giants.
0: So in today's game the best interviewee in the NFL right now, is it Richard Sherman? Because every time I see the guy, I am absolutely enthralled with what he said. Who is the best soundbite in the NFL right now?
2: I would say if you know what to ask, Richard Sherman is really, really good. Right. But I think there's some underrated guys, too. Like, you know, we've going around. One of the great things when I go to training camps, and I go to, I don't know, about 25 of them every year, I always ask The PR guys tell me who's really good, you know, as a communicator who I don't know and who I've never talked to. And I try to meet somebody new every year when I go around to these camps. Uh, So I I mean, I I kind of like this year a guy I spent forty-five minutes with who I and I had talked to him once before, but I didn't. Just you know, very short. I spent forty-five minutes with Calais Campbell, Ah. and he's fantastic. He is fantastic. Yes. Fantastic because it's almost like I said to him at the end of it, man. You really want me to understand your game. I mean, I think that's and I think that's really a cool thing. I'll tell you who else is fantastic is Jason McCourty, ah, the corner for the 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 Titans. He's really good. He's very smart, and so I I kind of like Ryan Clark with the with with Washington now. He's been in Pittsburgh. He was in Pittsburgh for a long time. There's a lot of really good guys who are not necessarily the really big name guys. But if you've been around for a while, you understand, and especially a lot of times, like, I'm going to cover the Steelers and the Ravens this weekend. Right. E- even though if it's – I mean, if Roethlisberger throws a huge touchdown at the end, I'll be trying to get a snippet with him somewhere, somehow after the game. Or or, or Joe, Joe Flacco. Uh, e- e- you know, I – I, I know that there are guys in both locker rooms who I know I can rely on to go. I mean, I know two or three guys on each team who are not terrifically famous. Who, after the game, if something happens, I know I can go have a conversation with them and they'll be good.
1: Right. I know that's something I'm 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 enamored with with you because you have such so many close ties to so many people through the NFL. You got a lot of great relationships. One place I wanted to ask you about, only because I don't know a lot of people there nor have I ever been there to really see how it goes down. But like the Seattle Seahawks, I would like to know, how much time have you spent up there? What's kind of the culture like there? I'm amazed because uh, they got a lot of different personalities, but yet they seem to always have fun. They like playing for Coach Carroll. They like playing together. I kind of just wanted to hear your take on them.
2: It's the kind of place, Chris, that uh, you'll go there at at some point in the next year or so. And you'll spend some time there and you'll be around them and you will say to yourself when you walk out, Man, I wish I could have played long enough to play one year here. <laughs> and it's it is it's it's not only the team, it's the city. Right. Um it's such a it's a cool place. I remember a long time ago going to training camp. They used to have training camp in Cheney, Washington, which is near Spokane in the eastern part of the state. And it was maybe August 10th or something like that. And I walked into camp, and Matt Hasselbeck said, uh, hey, listen, good good to see you. How, you. how have you been, all that stuff. And then he said, you're the second writer or national person to come here in three weeks wow. since training camp began. He so said, nobody comes out here. So it's different now, obviously. The Seahawks are a command performance. You've got to go. They're winning. They're defending Super Bowl champs, all that stuff. But normally... They are. I've always found them to be a very welcoming environment, simply because they don't get a lot of people to go out there to cover them because they're at the end of the planet. Right. Um, That's that's the first thing. But the second thing I would say, just about being there, I was there a couple of weeks ago. I had to do something with Russell Wilson, and so I was there. And uh, it's a um, it's a very loud locker room because Marshawn Lynch sort of. Uh, he blares his music, of, kind of. Yeah, he blares his music, and he feels like the locker room. I've always felt this way, even after the Super Bowl. He feels like the locker room should be the province of the players, hmm. not crazy about the big traffic in there. So even after this, they win the Super Bowl, you can't hear yourself thinking there because he's got rapid <laughs> eighty-five decibels going on in the room. <laughs> he's the most and, interesting
0: uh, man in the NFL. It's unbelievable.
2: He's a, he's an interesting guy. He's one of those guys who. Robert Klemko from our staff did a great story on him, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago in which he went back to a, a lot of people in his past going back even to high school and found people who'd lay on train tracks with the train coming for Marshawn Lynch. They love the guy. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the uh, a special teamer at Cal who walked in as a freshman. I think he might have been the snapper. I, I forget what he was, but uh, he, he, that and he was sort of on his own his freshman year at Cal, Marshawn Lynch just led the Pac-10 in rushing the previous year and he sees him, he's sort of all alone and Marshawn Lynch takes him under his wing and says, hey man, you know, you're on the team, you're you know, and I think, like last year I noticed this, Chris, I was the pool reporter covering the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, right? and they practiced over at the Giants facility in East Rutherford, right? so I'd go over there and one day I noticed he's got Breno Giacomini's jersey on, and Giacomini he has his jersey on. They come out to practice. And and uh, I thought it was really kind of odd. I know what are they what are they doing? He said and some one of the PR guys said, he said, Hey, Marshawn does that, he'll wear a teammate's jersey. He loves Giacomini. They're like really close. So he just said, Hey, we're switching jerseys today. That's and he just great. does it. He's and he, and he and and the one other thing I'll just tell you is the this other thing about the Seahawks. Right. I said this to Carol last year during the – I think it was after the Wednesday practice over at the Giants. They practiced like it was a game, and they didn't have pads on. And they were going at each other. Golden Tate and Byron Maxwell just going at each other, you know, like a couple of trained killers. They wanted to win that particular play so bad. Right. And I told told Pete Carroll, I said, this is the ninth time I've been a poll reporter. I said – you're the only team that practices like it's a game. And he was so happy about that because even though it was Super Bowl week, he still wanted them to practice the exact same way, which is very competitively. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. The energy jumps off. You can't just just say, oh, Sunday, we're going to turn it on. Yeah. No, obviously, that intensity is practiced all year long. I, I'm, a, I'm a little fascinated. I got a little bit of a man crush on – the Seattle Seahawks—they're a team I secretly root for, just because I love their style. But go ahead, Lefko.
0: I was well. Now that we're having that discussion, how similar, how different? And I guess this is to both of you because you both experienced it. Patriots and the Seahawks—what are the what are the similarities between those cultures, Pete?
2: Well, I guess I what I would say, and Chris would certainly know this a lot better than I would. I think what I would say is that you know, if you go into the Patriots environment, you know that. They've been doing this. It's like what Parcells used to say. Um, You know, he he always knew that once he won a Super Bowl and won a second Super Bowl, once you have and he called it pelts on the wall. Yeah, You know, the players have to listen to you because what you have done clearly has worked. And I think that's the case with Bill Belichick. A player walks in there. Rodney Harrison talks about this all the time that when he was in his negotiation with Bill Belichick, when he was sitting there talking to him, you know, he just, as as soon as Belichick basically said, we want you, all of a sudden, he didn't care what the Oakland Raiders, that was the other Hmm. team in on him when he was a free agent. He didn't care what they were offering. If Bill Belichick said, we want you, he was going there flat out. It's over. Forget the money. He called his agent and he said, You figure it out. I want to play here.
1: Yeah, Bill's got a great way with players. I don't think people realize how open Bill is with players. He's tougher on his coaches, his front office people. But I I don't know Seattle that well. The one thing I'll just say to you, I think both are very detailed in their approach. And they're not necessarily externally motivated. That's the one thing I know about Seattle and New England. They're not worried about, oh, we got to hate this team to beat them. They're always worried about themselves. Mm. I want us to practice hard on Wednesday. I want us to fix this and fix that. Then business takes care of itself on Sunday. This is,
2: you know, I I also I'll tell you one other thing about Seattle. The one thing that you you mentioned that they're not worried about anybody else, uh, and I saw the piece that that Adam Schefter did with John Schneider and the drafting of Russell Wilson, mm. um, and that and he said we don't we don't care what other people think. And I remember calling John Schneider. Uh, the night that that they picked Russell Wilson in the third round, and I forget the words I used i didn't say to him, Hey, John, people around the league are laughing at you for taking this five eleven quarterback <laughs> runs around a lot in the third round he's people are saying this guy's not an n f l quarterback. I just said, Hey, people are really dubious about this pick defend the pick, and he just said, Well, you know we we just go by what we like and Ron Wolfe taught me a long time ago, whatever other people think, we don't care. If we know this is going to work and and Pete Carroll wants this guy, we don't have any problem with it. And I'll fast-forward that. Obviously, that's worked out well, and a lot of his picks have worked out well. But fast-forward that, and I would also tell you that I think he is, I don't want to say sick, about losing Golden Tate. And then having spent all the money, uh, even though it was obviously a year earlier, right? Um, and, and all the draft choices about Percy Harvin, I think that he is not, even though he's won a Super Bowl, he understands that the game can really humble you quickly, and he feel I think he feels humbled by actually you know choosing the 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 beautiful uh, you know the beautiful uh, uh, bauble. Over here, uh, you, you know, that, that everybody said, oh, my God, look at how great Percy Harvin is versus right. the more meat and potatoes guy who you had on your team yes. all along. Mm. And I think I so I think he learns from things like that, that that really, in my opinion, anyway, uh, I think that makes him good because he doesn't think he invented football. He knows that there's still a lot to learn. And he learned something from that, that the grass isn't always greener on the Minnesota Vikings side.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: When you're talking about greatness in the NFL, I think we're about to embark on a pretty awesome amount of time of debating between the MVP candidates, Aaron Rodgers and J.J. Watt. I think they're both very deserving of the award. Right. I wouldn't be upset if either of the guys won. I know that Chris is an avid Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, supporter. Right. I, I teeter back and forth. I know, Peter, I read your your, your post. I know that you believe that it. it you're kind of torn. Why can't we have torn. the Steve McNair, Peyton Manning split MVP? I'm cool with it. I, I think if we look back at this time in history, I want to remember this year for both of those guys. I think we've seen an epic defensive performance.
2: I, I agree. And, you know, look, I – Look, people kill me over time for saying that, uh, in my opinion, Don Hudson is the greatest receiver of all time. And everybody said, How in the world can you say that a guy who played in the 30s and 40s is better than Jerry Rice? And I, I, I don't necessarily say that if you line them both up in their prime next to each other, that Don Hudson would be better than Jerry Rice, even though people don't even know. Don Hudson ran a 9 400. And twice won the hundred yard dash at the SEC track championships while at Alabama. But be that as it may, I have a I have a huge appreciation for football history. I believe that some of the old guys in their day were better than the comparatively speaking, the guys in their day today. Yes.
1: But the
2: only I only bring that up because I covered the New York Giants in nineteen eighty six. They went fourteen and two. And I, and I fully agree that Lawrence Taylor was the league MVP that year, which he was. That's the last time. It's been 28 years since a defensive player was the MVP in the NFL. And in my opinion, this year, what I just saw with J.J. Watt, I think J.J. Watt individually had a better year this year than Lawrence Taylor had in 1986. Yeah. In the 30 years I've covered the league, this year by J.J. Watt is the best year by a defensive player that I have seen. Now, does that mean he should be the most valuable player, that the guy on the 16th-rated defense in the league, a guy right. whose team was 9-7, and seven, who didn't make the playoffs, right. that a defensive player who you know couldn't influence his team enough to make the playoffs, should he be the MVP? And I do totally, absolutely understand that people say the MVP should come from a playoff team and quarterbacks are so important to the value of their team that it probably, in, in rare circumstances, unless it's rare circumstances, should be a quarterback because they are the most valuable players on the team. But I will just say this. If, if the, I've covered the NFL for 30 years, and if this is the best season I've ever seen by a defensive player, and he is the best defensive player in the league above all, and I think it's probably not close, Right, And if there is a general consensus that uh, he's the best player uh, at his position compared to anybody else in football, it's hard for me to say, well, I'm not going to vote for him because his team was only 9-7. and seven. Is it his fault that Ryan Fitzpatrick and Case Keenum and Tom Savage were the quarterbacks of this team? I don't think so. And so that's why... Even though I understand that anybody could say that, you know, that, 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 you know, you've got, maybe he should be the most, uh, best defensive player of the year or something like that. But the MVP should come from a winning team and probably should be a quarterback. I get that. But, and I am tormented by this. I've thought so much about it. I wake up thinking, is that the right call? I'm going to split my vote in the AP vote between Aaron Rodgers who I agree with Chris I think Aaron Rodgers is spectacular and you know to make the play that he made while popping his calf muscle right throwing across his body <laughs> you know uh, basically to you know to make that touchdown play you know he, 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 I, I just think it's indicative of the kind of player he is and the kind of season he had I have no problem whatsoever and I have no problem also I have no problem with voting for Tony Romo
1: yeah I'm with, I, I mean, I'm I, with you
2: you know, I think I think there have been great, great uh, performances by quarterbacks this year. It's just, just you're asking me. My conscience says that I would feel sick if I didn't recognize JJ J. Watt's performances.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I, I with you. I struggle with the same thing in that MVP conversation. I would, I think, give it to Rodgers at the end of the day. I am one of those guys. Like all the points you made about JJ Watt, where. I think we hold the offensive player to the standard, oh, well, their offense has to be good, their team has to be good, they have to be in the playoffs. Well, defense, like you were saying, yes, it's a defense that's not all that highly ranked, they're not in the playoffs. Uh, That to me, at least in my book, I'm docking J.J. Watt Watt a point or two. But I will not be mad if they ended up splitting votes. Hmm. Don't get me wrong.
0: Peter, I got one last question for you. The worst cup of coffee came in which NFL city?
2: (laughs) Well, most press boxes have absolutely crap uh, coffee. That's right. Uh, which, which uh, you know, except Seattle. Do you know that in Seattle, Another thing have, Seattle
0: does well. <laughs>
2: Seattle, Seattle has a latte station right outside the door of the press box. So wow. You can, you can step outside and get like a triple uh, macchiato or Chris's you know, eyes whatever just you want. Up. Chris it's, is the it's, biggest it's caffeine really, trigger ever. Uh, uh, it, it's it's fantastic, but most places, you know, they just treat coffee like it's you know yeah brown brown water. I don't know what yeah, it brown is. brown water. <laughs> but and and uh, and I go to fewer games now because you know most Sundays, almost all Sundays, I'm at NBC, and so I don't get to uh, sample the press box coffee much anymore. But when I do go. It's usually swill.
0: <laughs> Peter, hey. thank you so much, man, for joining us. I appreciate answering Chris's phone call. That's something that's kind of the uncool thing to do lately, but thank you for doing <laughs> it.
2: Hey, it's great being on with you guys. Thanks a lot. Hey, Chris, thanks, take man. care.
1: Thanks, Peter. Appreciate it, man. Uh, he's a good dude. You know what I realized? Yes. I didn't realize until, like, the last
0: question. What? I didn't tell him he could curse.
1: Uh, it's all right. I, don't... I forgot.
0: We talked about it. I know. I know. I'm upset I didn't deliver, so can... I'll give you my curse. <laughs> that you get two curses today.
1: That fucking Peter King is good, let me tell you. There's my first That curse. was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, he's, uh, I, 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 he's a guy I really would like to sit down. I'm not a jock sniffer or anything like that by any means. He's a guy I would like to sit down and actually have a few beers with because I bet uh, if we got he off air, oh, man, he'd have some great stories because he's just been around so long. He's seen it all. Just like he was talking about, yeah. Bill Parcells wasn't going to let my dad walk off the field and have a little uh, walking-in interview into the locker room. What would he have said K. dude? Bill like, Parcells? Sims! Sims! Yeah, my dad, Phil Sims. <laughs> dad, when dad does things, it would have been stuff like, when he does Parcells, everybody's like, Sims, are you are you f***ing? crazy did you watch how you played today <laughs> there's your second <laughs> one oh, there's my second one I'm well, done. that
0: might be your dad's curse that was <laughs> good but look we started to talk about the watt rogers discussion it's what i wanted to get to eventually anyway and what was interesting on his website he had 26 media people vote for the mvp i'll use him because we had him on as a guest aaron rogers won 15 and a half to eight and a half of the 26 people three are current players ryan clark Jason McCordy and Jeff Schwartz. All three of them voted for J.J. Watt, huh. which I find very interesting. Right. A quote from Jeff Schwartz, if Watt, who is a once-in-a-generation player, doesn't win the MVP this season, then no defensive player ever will ever win. The game is built for offense, and he's still totally dominated. Sure. Now, I went, and while Peter was talking, I did a little research because I am torn. And here's another reason why I'm torn. They both kind of had slow starts to the season. Yes. Aaron Rodgers, we had a little bit of question, and then he had that incredible run at the, en- the middle and then finish up strong at the end. Watt missed the Oakland game, second game of the year, third game of the year, pretty good, had a sack, fourth game of the year, Buffalo, not much, Dallas, no sacks, just four tackles. Then he went on a tear. But three of his last five games right. were the Titans and Jacksonville twice. Exactly. So he was up against some bad offensive line. That's like Aaron Rodgers playing the Bears twice, yes. which I also think kind of happened. <laughs> but there's well, arguments. Gets, yeah, there's I mean, arguments for both of these guys, but I'm I'm I would go split. I would go split vote because. But then again, look, man, if if the Green Bay Packers had Matt Flynn as their starting quarterback, they'd have, they'd be like six and ten.
1: I I know. That's that's why I. Uh... It is tough. I won't be mad if they split. I would still vote for Aaron Rodgers. I think if, first of all, uh, Aaron Rodgers, to me, you know, is the best quarterback in football, definitely. best player in football. The other thing, I just have a hard time with the fact that Houston Texans defense is 16th in the NFL, yeah. and, yeah, they get, they get to play three average offensive lines Every year. I mean, they really do. The Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, I mean, the Colts are not an impressive group either. You can
0: avoid going at J.J. Watt. Aaron Rodgers, there is no avoiding.
1: No, and I think what, you know, like Peter made some great points. You know, am I going to dock J.J. Watt because he didn't have the personnel around him? Well, we dock the quarterbacks every year. We have a lot of quarterbacks who have great numbers, great years. And because they don't win games or they don't have talent around them, we don't give them MVP uh, consideration Uh, That's why I just would go with Rodgers. So much is on his shoulders. Watt, awesome, definitely Defensive Player of the Year, but Rodgers gets mine. I
0: have something saved. Um, We're going to do some award giving today. This is the year in review. So I wanna do MVP we just did MVP, I wanna do Coach of the Year, all that stuff. Right. But I also I've I have the biggest this or that of the year. Okay, cool. Here at Bleacher Report, everything is fact or fiction, broader <laughs> fraud, totes my goats or showboats laboats. Like we do that a lot. So I have the best this or that of the year. Cool. Crazy topic ideas. Very excited. Glad for to it. see you're working. Hey, you know what? I it's the playoffs. 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 <laughs> Dude, I love that sound bite. But you know what I love even more than that when it comes to sound? I love the sultry sounds. The smooth sounds of Stephen Nelson. I miss this. I miss having all of us together. And I feel warm on in my insides. Hi, Adam. Ooh,
3: Talk to me, Stephen. Hi, Sims. Hello. <laughs> nice to be here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> ready to go on the down low? hmm
0: Hello,
3: hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Ah, it's the
0: banquet beer, Coors Original.
3: Coors, the banquet beer. I need a cigarette after watching you do that. And Damakensu had <laughs> That's a his cursor. suspension overturned. He won his appeal. Good for him. Sue or Donkey Kong Sue, as Cam Newton called him this year, will play against the Cowboys. Getting back to what Cam Newton called Sue, which video game character represents you?
0: Donkey Kong is pretty amazing.
3: You have to choose for each other. You cannot pick for yourself.
1: Oh, oh, jeez, darn!
3: You can't give you what the what you. I was, you know,
1: he's got. Wario all over his age. It's a me, Wario. <laughs> First of all, he never said that. He yeah. said, I'm
0: going to win. Oh, I'm yeah. going to That's what yeah. he is. Because he yeah. never, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to win. Left goes <laughs> a Mario
1: Kart
3: expert. You,
0: no, he, hold on. Do you know which character I use in Mario Kart? Wario, obviously. I,
1: I did not know that.
0: That's unbelievable.
3: That is That is. Can you great just picture call.
1: him in a small little cart, like driving around? I think I can.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Chip, what a great call from you! Thank oh. you, appreciate. That. All right,
1: I'm telling you, he's
0: good at the spirit animal game. He's good at that. <laughs> so what? Uh, who's the uh, the first jamoke that Mike Tyson knocks out and puts <laughs> up?
1: Glass Glass Joe.
2: Glass Joe. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yes, hold awesome. that one. Yeah, I played a lot of that game back in the day. Did you really? Yeah, that was like prime my age group video games. I mean, the Tecmo Bowl followed by... I mean, Mike Tyson's Punchdowns oh. and Mario Brothers. This is the first three Mario, games i ever played. Mario.
0: Mario. No one goes, it's-a me, Mario.
3: Yet <laughs> everybody calls Marcus Mariota, Mario. Yeah,
0: Mariota just does the same thing. He's Italian. He eats gravy, not sauce. Yeah, but mm. uh,
3: I, I know some real
1: Marios, and they call themselves Mario, so I'm <laughs> calling them.
0: <laughs> oh, we're getting on the edge here. <laughs> All right. Um, so if, if that's Donkey Kong, who in the NFL would be Diddy Kong?
3: Diddy the Kong? answer
0: the answer is it's, Cortland Finnegan. What is Diddy Kong? Huh? Diddy Kong's is like the little partner of yeah. Donkey Kong. Ah. He's in that. There yeah. was Diddy Kong Courtney Racing. Diddy
3: Kong Racing. Oh yeah, I got it. That That's was okay. a video game.
1: All right. <laughs> Cortland Finnegan, you're giving him Diddy Kong? Though? I just think
0: he's an annoying little guy, man.
1: He is a yes, he will but start stuff. But it's a trait, it's a trait. Yeah. No, he, he is It's a skill. I was on his team. He's uh he's just a fierce, fiery guy. He's not, like, afraid to mix it up with anybody.
0: That's the thing. As long as you're going to pick the fight, fight the fight.
1: Right.
3: Spin the track. I am. Ready for the note? Ready for the note? (laughs) Hey, what's up with Wallace? Mike Wallace. Reportedly unsure if he'll be back with the Dolphins in 2015. After his last game, one in which Wallace was benched or maybe benched himself, he had Brandon Gibson Answer interview questions for him. Which athlete would you have fulfill all of your media obligations if you could pick one?
1: All my media obligations, if I could pick one. Um, oof.
3: The man. spokesman for Chris Sims. Gosh. Or spokeswoman. Spokeswoman.
1: Yeah, no, I would. Uh, I, I, would you, pro- I, I think I know mine, too. Yeah, I think I'm gonna, I would go with Richard Sherman. Of course. I really like You're that. Simple. He's not afraid to like say some crazy stuff. He's going to speak his mind.
3: Okay. Lefko just called you a basic bitch. Yes. Essentially. I'm
1: going to give you Richard Sherman squared. Go ahead.
0: In his prime, Muhammad Ali. Game over. Look at your face. Um. <laughs> because if Muhammad Ali is speaking for you, then you have already spoken. <laughs> that dude was the boss of all bosses. He was. He
1: was, he was yeah, he nice was. behind the The boss microphone. of all bosses. He was.
0: Muhammad Ali... Whew. I'm just going to drop the mic. Yeah, that was a good
3: one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, He wins.
0: Last right. track. <laughs> Dude, all of these songs, if they came on in a bar, I would be like, damn, where have I heard this song before? I... They have just stayed in my soul for months.
1: Negative, Ghost Rider.
0: I
3: hope, honestly,
1: one
3: of my hopes for this podcast is that one day an aspiring DJ will listen to this podcast hear these songs, mm. look for them, and sample the shit out of them.
0: Oh, that'd be great. Dude, you've cursed a lot today, too. It's the end of the new year. Get him out. Yeah. Old with, out with the old.
3: He's backed up. But you can say you can say the <laughs> B word. I'll do that for you this time. You can say that on television now, can't you? So,
0: I don't know, man. Television's a dirty place. Mm-hmm. I don't let my kids watch it. All <laughs> right, last question
3: for you. I'll get it over with. Because I don't have kids. The next podcast will happen in the year 2015. Unbelievable. Oh my God what a year it has been here on the Simpson Left Co podcast. Now I ask you for your top three must get guests of next year. you Ooh. cannot pick the same guests the three people you want on the podcast Ooh. next year. okay
0: go ahead I'll let you you
3: start. alternate because you know
0: I would like to get you're not gonna know who this is. I want to get Marcus Lemonis on the podcast. He is the prophet on CNBC, and he turns around struggling businesses into an absolute goldmine. And I would like to
1: interview him. And the reason
0: I want to interview him is I want... can get Oreo
1: as a sponsor for us.
0: Oh, that would be great. That's a possible business opportunity. (laughs) I want a guest on here that you don't know so that you can ask him ridiculous questions. I should get a guy and not tell you what he does. And you're like, so, (laughs) what do you think about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? I love them. From Mario.
1: All right. That was a bad one. Who are your guests? Uh, I would love to have Manny Pacquiao on. <laughs> that would be awesome interview. Uh, I don't know if we'd understand anything he's saying, but it still would be awesome. Uh, he's a
3: senator. He can speak for himself. I <laughs> he would certainly we can. definitely <laughs> he's, have he's to my have, favorite
1: athlete. We have to have Johnny Damon on the podcast. You're obsessed with
0: Johnny because Damon. we're going to prank call him, Chris. This
1: was our agreement, and you backed out of it. You know who's another guy I think I'm jumping on the bandwagon Who? of lately? And you kind of started me on him. Yes. Uh, just because you told me how he is off the court okay. is John Wall. John Wall I'm,
0: sounds I'm interesting. St- right? I'm
1: starting to get it on the John Wall. He's like a guy that in He's the so sports world, right I am. every time I see him on, I'm like, hmm, let me just – I don't even want to watch basketball right now, but if I see them, I'm like, hey, let me see what John Wall's doing for a few years. Tearing minutes. it up. Yes, he is.
0: God, you have some interesting ones. Uh, I already have two. Um – I'd like Ina Garden on the podcast. Is she's an incredible cook. She lives in the Hamptons. Oh yeah,
1: I know Ina Garden. I we have the my my wife has the book. I yeah. Think. There yeah. you go.
0: Those are those are my three. You need one more.
1: Wow, good. More food for you. That's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: listen, man, she would cook the I hell I mean, out of
1: if it. we're really going to go all out, I mean, yeah. gosh, I would love I mean Bill Belichick would be the best podcast visit well, ever you are the
3: booking producer yeah
1: that's not gonna happen i don't no, think I, think I don't even think can. i have you the guts to ask that for, that, oh, that might be the
0: most doable out of all the ones we just yeah, said probably. well yes it
1: might be the most doable because we have that guy's number at least yeah. or at least i do but tell him, tell him it'll be two minutes <laughs> we
0: yeah and he has to answer everything in jeopardy style
1: <laughs> that would go over
0: <laughs> <Who> well <is. laughs>
3: do you not have any favors to call in with bill uh, have you not? Did you not earn enough? I points? cashed it in. <laughs> I cashed it in when he hired me.
1: That was my. That was the favor. He let me come work for him. Uh, so yes, I. I uh, no, 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 no points. Extra points. I got to cash in.
0: I have worked for it. I have looked for it. I have created our new Bleacher Report Sims and Leftco podcast awards. Nelson, you will be answering as well. The mm. tables have turned. Please come on down. It's the this or that competition of the year. I have been told by some people that sometimes I sound like a game show announcer. That's because I would like to be a game show announcer. One time in my life, I would like to give you the opportunity to win. So, the first question. Most annoying quarterback storyline of the NFL year, Johnny Manziel or RG3? Which one has you up to your boiling point of I don't care? RG3 or Johnny
1: Manziel? I am going with ding, 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 Johnny Manziel. You're done. Uh, I'm just, do. he's got to do something first. I'm sick of talking about people that have never done anything. At least mm. RG3 had the rookie year. Yeah. We could talk about that. You know, he's got to do something before I even want to talk. make another video. I'm
3: with him. Chris Sims. He said everything I would like to say on that. I'll keep it short.
1: That's a great answer by Steven Nelson. Let's go to the next
0: one. All right. I want you to look around the league. I want you to look at their age. I want you to look at their potential. It's the best quarterbacks to build around that just had their rookie season. Would you rather start your franchise with Derek Carr or Teddy Bridgewater? Which one is the future of your franchise? Steven Nelson, you're first.
3: I'm gonna try. I want to try and pick the one that Sims is not gonna pick.
0: Well, that should be simple.
3: (laughs) Then I'm gonna go with Teddy Bridgewater Mm. to build around. Why? Do you really feel that way? You don't. No, I don't. I just wanted to pick the opposite of Sims. Would you pick Derek Carr? Yes, I would. He's the guy. guy. I would. I would pick pick Derek Carr. Yes.
1: Derek Carr. uh, I liked what I saw from him. Good athlete. Good arm. I really like the way he's handled himself. Is he the only rookie quarterback that's going to be worth anything? I th- watch out for that Zach Mettenberg. Is that Meck- Zach Mettenberger. Zach Mettenberg. Sorry. Uh, watch out. Hi, I'm Zachary Mettenberg. <laughs> I'm here to clean your coat. Uh, I would watch out for him. <laughs> He is I'm a, from Tennessee,
0: we got a carpet cleaning business. If you me seen my
1: the mother. pictures? He looks like he could uh, fit that mold when he before he right. shaved mean, his stash. I'd I welcome mean.
0: him in. I'd welcome no, him in. Let me. I'll <laughs> say
3: this though: Teddy down the stretch played very well.
1: Yeah, I'm
0: telling you, defensive players are going to fall in love with Teddy Bridgewater. Jonathan Vilma, when we do videos, he doesn't throw the ball away. He's so accurate because right. it's all underneath throws. The problem sure. is, he's Tom Brady year nine. And, come on, Tom Brady had nine years of having the, being able to sling it. Right. I need
1: to see more sling from Teddy. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. We just got to see him continue to become a better passer.
0: It ain't no thing if you ain't got that sling.
1: All right, final
0: question. <laughs> Let's do it. This one's going to be big. This one is my favorite question. Most, excuse me, more, because there's only two, more dangerous duo in Dominican Sue and Rex Ryan in Oakland
3: you are all on that trail. Uh,
0: or Colin Kaepernick and Mike Shanahan in San Francisco. More dangerous duo. Sue and Rex, Kaepernick and Shanahan.
3: I think Sue and Rex in Oakland because you can just unleash them both and they will be embraced
0: First in a regardless. bar fight. First in a bar fight. And then second... In a race? Impact of the NFL. Which duo would be more de- deadly?
1: In a bar fight, we're definitely going to be with soon, Rex. <laughs> I thought you
0: were going to tell me this
1: crazy story about Mike
0: Shanahan. I'll tell you what. One time, I saw him knock out eight guys with his bare
1: spare. He won't back down, I'll tell you that yeah. much. That's what I do know. Uh, they both would be great fits in, in both of those cities. I, I would go with more the Shanahan route just because uh, I think it's easier to affect a game through the quarterback that way and everything. Uh, also, I just look at that. The Raiders team, they have a lot of stuff going on. Yes, Rex and Sue would be awesome there. But, man, the 49ers are just a creative offensive mind away from being watch out because the defense is set. It's in place. If you can just cap Kaepernick, a receiver to yeah,
3: Exactly. I was just yeah. going to say receiver, right? Because that's right. something that you've pointed out to – Anybody who will watch film with you, that, yeah, they have the names at receiver, but right. they don't have a guy.
1: Right. And I mean, you know. And there's no
3: disrespect to Anquan Bolden.
1: I know. No. It, He's had an they're all solid. Career. Right. Yes, incredible career. But, uh, you know, again, you don't hear like, uh, I'm not hearing big rumors about, oh, man, Michael Crabtree is going to be really sought exactly. after in free agency. So. You just
0: wait a month. Some blog's going to post it up there, and everyone's going to go,
1: oh, yeah, Crabtree, he's the, he's the bee's knees.
3: <laughs> but you keep, you keep going, you, the, the Sue and, and Rex in Oakland, oh. the NWO of the NFL. Yeah, man.
0: Did you watch wrestling? Do you remember the NWO? I do
1: remember it. I didn't
3: watch now, it. Now, I asked no. you this, and I want to ask you now, because mm. you had time to think about it. Okay. Is this NWO the original, NWO Hollywood, or NWO Wolfpack? I, I don't remember that. Hmm. NWO, fact they were black and red. For
0: me, this is what NWO is. Mm. NWO was the first time, if you liked wrestling, you completely know what I'm talking about. There were these bad boys, they came, and Hulk Hogan, yeah. the all-American man, switched to the NWO. Oh, I do remember and that. And here's the thing. This was a time before the internet was really that big, before like news... I am always very much impacted by when things happen that truly impact people's like emotions and stuff. When Hulk Hogan switched, they threw there was like beer bottles and beer cans, and these people were completely just like overtaken by emotion.
3: Right. And he leg dropped the macho man. Can
0: I get the award ceremony music one more time? (laughs) I'm the biggest idiot. (laughs) Now the actual voting of other awards in the NFL, should anyone else even receive a vote for Offensive Rookie of the Year other than Odell Beckham Jr.? Should Should Zach Martin get a vote? Should anyone even get a nod, or should every first place vote go to Odell Beckham Jr.?
1: I do think Zach Martin should get votes. Okay, uh, I think Jeremy
3: Hill should get a vote.
1: No, he's close. I, I Odell Beckham I mean, should, should certainly. It's
3: not. You know what? You're not.
1: Yeah, you're not he's he's playing good. Uh, I certainly He's think ODB B should should win it. But, uh, yeah, I could certainly justify Zach Martin, Aaron Donald. on, oh, uh, we're doing offense. Oh, just offense, sorry. Yeah, because
0: the thing is, is you cannot give a vote to Mike Evans because you cannot vote for a wide receiver other than Odell Beckham Jr.
1: Yes, exactly. It's not possible. Right.
0: So it either has to be the guard in Zach Martin or, like you said, which you're right, Jeremy Hill. I think those are the two
1: guys. All right, I'm Odell. Yeah, I'm Odell too. His no, numbers no. are
3: insane. insane. No, I know. He's insane. But you look at Jeremy Hill, I mean, the first, what, one, two, three, And he four, has been five, their six. offensive identity as of late. Yeah, first, the first six games, the most carries he had in a game was 15. Other than that, four, seven, two. Defensive Eight, rookie four. of the year is going to require a little bit of soundtrack.
0: Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, C.J. Mosley,
1: Anthony Barr. Who's your guy? It's between Donald and Mack, in my opinion. Uh, I would honestly vote for for Khalil Mack. I know Aaron Donald uh, had a great year and had the sacks and all that. He also had the top pass rusher in football on one side of him. Uh, He had some other good defensive pieces around him. Khalil Mack was... Uh, for the most part, by himself to a degree. it was a wrecking crew. And his stats are a lot – or his play is a lot better than his stats. Uh, mm. I, I'm a Mac fan.
3: Well, Charles Woodson says you're going to be special, I'll listen.
1: Yeah,
0: he's got something to say. Yeah. What's interesting is Peter King's website, they did defensive rookie and the 26 people voted. And ahead of Anthony Barr in fourth place was Chris Borland, linebacker for the 49ers, and you make a face where you go, hey, not bad. I no, said that to no, Sims I earlier. just didn't
3: think of I never thought of it.
1: You know what Sims' reaction was? You didn't think of it because it wasn't logical. That's why. <laughs> Sims is so stupid. upset that Chris Borland is getting like, like rookie of the year votes. Stupid. You want to talk about stupid. We're going to talk about Do a it. guy that's Do played it. half the year. I know he had a lot of tackles in some games, but to say rookie of the year, come on. I mean, anybody, any fan want to come and sit here and watch film with me? and say that Chris Borland deserves rookie defensive rookie of the year. Uh, but he's scrappy. No, here's what it is. Scrappy, good there player, is no, sure.
0: There is no position in any sport in which a a statistic that sometimes could be misleading is so integral to their, to their legacy. Tackles okay, yep. for a linebacker is one of the most overrated things Just ever. like hits
3: in hockey. It's, 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 it's dumb. It's a great
0: point. It's a great point. Maybe that's the only one. Because in, in the NFL, if you tackle someone nine yards down the field, why is that as can, can even be considered part of the argument, right. like a tackle for a loss or a sack or a play of impact? No doubt. Tackles, just because you're getting hit a lot. Look, you play middle linebacker in a defense. They're going to the get ball, the most
1: tackles most of the time. It's going to be right in your
0: wheelhouse every play. And that. Is brought to you by Chris Sims.
1: Well, no exactly. I, I agree. I, I can't remember what the game was that everybody talked about. Oh, we had all these tackles. Seventeen or eighteen tackles. Was it at the Saints or whatever? I think they were playing at the Saints, or maybe it was the Rams. I when think it was the Coles first game that Willis was hurt. Yeah, so it was the Rams, uh, the Saints game. Uh, and don't get me wrong; the guys played well, but to put him in the class of those other guys is ludicrous. He only started what the last seven games of the year, mm. and yeah, like you said. So many of those plays were 10 yards down the field he made the tackle. I mean I, I don't call that a great play by any standard. I think completion sometimes could be overrated too. I agree. I mean the Super Bowl the last few Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have showed you that because they're not really high on the, per, the the percentage completion percentage chart. Russell Wilson probably was last yes. year. Uh, but you look at you know some other guys, whether it was Big Ben in the past, Eli Manning, I don't think they were at the top. Joe Flacco certainly wasn't.
0: It's about impact plays. So.
1: Exactly, explosive plays. This one, I think, is a two-second answer. Coach of the year.
0: Coach of the year. Bill Belichick. Really? Bruce Arians, I think. But Bill Belichick suffers from, wow, respect to you. Seriously. Because I think Bill Belichick is some guy that will never win Coach of the Year because yeah. everyone thinks he's a Hall of Famer, right. and he might be having the best coaching season of the year. Steven Nelson, you're amazing.
1: <clears throat> You've won my heart. Well,
3: Sims, was your pick. You had a big
1: pick. Oh, no, no, don't worry. The producer, it's your show now. Don't worry. The producer doesn't care about my answer. No, he's uh, playing no. the music. For my, <laughs> pick, my pick is uh, Bruce Arians would be my pick. My other guy would be Billy O'Brien. Billy O'Brien deserves consideration for Going what for he's done. Going for the first done. pick in the
0: draft to all yes. the cusp of the playoffs. And
1: also Jason Garrett. I mean, Jason Garrett deserves to be in the conversation. I, I see here on four. the Peter
0: King list, Jim Caldwell is third, and I think that Bill. I think that Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien. I think they're all higher than him. I think you're right.
1: Yes, I I would agree. Yeah, Pete Carroll should get some credit too. Yeah, well, yeah, you're yeah, that's, right. Your you know great, greatness, cons, consistent greatness doesn't always get its
3: credit. You know, the thing about uh, the – not, not just in football. I think a lot of awards are skewed against guys who are favorites or expected to be good. We, we talked about – I think we talked about it when the Heisman Trophy was going on. All the favorites preseason oh, they never are hurt those. because by the guys who generate hype and headlines and buzz, it's like, oh, my gosh, JT Barrett – he wasn't even supposed to be the quarterback. I don't know who he was at the beginning of the year, and look at what he's done with Ohio yeah. State. He's the best player in that's college why football. I, that's
0: why I think all the freshmen have won the last few Heisman. Because yeah, when you come in with no hope, it's it's easy to be the surprise. story. Just, yeah. just like
3: right. Pete Carroll, he had the defending champions, Bill, Bell, Bill Belichick regarded as one of the best coaches and not the the best coach in football right sure. now. They are at a disadvantage for Bruce Arians, who lost the starting quarter. And this, again, Bruce Arians did a fantastic, fantastic yeah. job. Lose Carson Palmer. Uh, You know, you lose Stanton as well. Yeah. Ryan Lindley in the playoffs, great record. Bill O'Brien – Those guys weren't expected to maybe do the things that Carroll and Belichick
0: were. The two most impressive performances out of coaches that have surprised me in terms of keeping their jobs. Props to Joe Philbin and Mel Tucker. Wow. How are you guys? You guys are salesmen, bro. That right there is two incredible performances. Incredible.
1: Well, you know, Tucker, I don't think that'll last. Tucker's the kind of guy... They're going to wait to believe. see the head could coaches. Imagine, could you imagine Mel Tucker stayed? Well, he he'll be on. He might still be on their defensive sure, staff, sure. but I don't think he'll be a defensive coordinator because he is a well-respected coach throughout throughout I the NFL. I just love circles. though
0: when public perception sometimes is not heated. When everyone's like, "Oh, he's being fired," and they're like, "Nope, we're not going to." Yeah, and it's
1: like, "What?" Yeah, Philbin, uh, good for him. They did play better football this year. There's no doubt about that. They really did. The they Mike really Wallace situation is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm one. I, th- I think he needs to get rid of Mike Wallace. Just do. He's got Mike Wallace. Well, uh, what did I say? Mike Wallace. Oh, <laughs> go, it's his Mike. cousin Mike. But uh, <laughs> I am one that thinks you know. Philbin's got to get rid of bad people in the locker room. He can't afford another locker room combustion like he had two years ago.
0: All right. I want to do. I won the regular season. I'm sure that stings. I want to do rapid fire postseason wild card picks because we're doing a podcast next week. Cool. So if you could read off.
3: Okay, this is going to have to be quick. We're doing rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. Okay, got to pull up the games. Arizona versus Carolina. Oh, sorry, you just took over this segment. it's your your podcast. I totally forgot. Arizona, Uh, Carolina.
0: I
1: am picking uh, Carolina. I'm going Arizona. (laughs) Perfect. Great.
0: Detroit, Dallas. Shut up. Detroit, Dallas. Stay on Saturday first. Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Sorry,
3: I'm taking your segment. (laughs) I'm I'm, going to sit this one out, guys.
1: You go. go. Uh, Pittsburgh all the way. Hmm, let me act like I'm thinking about something and agree with Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Baltimore's
0: secondary is so bad, and Pittsburgh's passing offense is so good. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Thank you. Damn it. Thank
1: you for wasting our lives. Cincy Indy.
0: I just thought of Haloti Nada.
1: I'm going Cincy here. I'm
0: going (laughs) I hate you. I'm going Indy. I'm going Indy. I think Andrew Luck. Come on, wake up. (laughs) Throw it to Dante Moncrief. He's (laughs) so big.
1: Uh, oh my God! The uh, Bengals stink. It's good, so we're opposites
3: here oh, so far. Oh, the
0: Bengals though, and they've looked good the last three, four weeks. You already
3: made the pick. Move on. Shoot. All right, a holes. The, the game I already tried to get before Detroit Dallas.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, Sue, Sue is, is playing. Sue is playing. Sue is playing. Tony Romo at home against a tough team that could stop the run without having to throw a lot of guys to it.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting matchup. This is the can one. Can they
0: guard Des Bryant? Nobody can. But can they get Megatron on the loose? Detroit's offense is so bad. Puzzling. It's so bad. Joyke Bell. I know you're from Detroit, but you're not a great running back. Or who's your pick? Who's your pick?
1: I'm going with Dallas. Uh, Yeah, Sue or not, I'm picking Dallas. Romo's hot. Bryant, run game. And, yeah, I I don't know about the Detroit offense. I
0: I am going to go with Dallas, and I think Julius Randle steals the show.
1: Interesting. I Won't be shocked if that happens. It's a good call by you. So our differences are what? Okay, I, got, Indy I got Cardinals and, Carolina. and Cincy,
0: yeah. I'm betting on Cam Newton and Andrew Luck, yeah. and you're betting on Andy Dalton.
1: And Ryan Lindley.
0: Think about that. Yeah. I made out like a bandit in that yeah. segment. <laughs> Mr. Quarterback picking Ryan Lindley and Andy Dalton. That's why here on the Simpson Leftco Podcast, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> At any moment, we could slow it down. Because that's the way the show always closes. If you need the flowers to grow, grab the hoses. You know, a former owner of the Eagles, Leonard Toast. Seriously, have an amazing end to the year. Celebrate with your family. I am here with some incredible friends. The Sims and Go Podcast. We will be back next week. It is the playoffs. And we are coming with a fierce intensity. Peter King this week? Maybe we'll prank Johnny Damon next week. Probably not. Probably <laughs> not.